Welcome to Locked On Cardinals. Alex Clancy, Bo Brock. Follow me on Twitter at Clancy's Corner. Follow Bo at Bob Brack. Happy March Madness. Happy March Madness, mother truckers. <laughs> I'm so excited. I am so excited. I'll tell you what. We are doing this podcast at 7.30 in the morning uh-huh. because Bo and I will be sitting at a bar drinking beer <laughs> at 9 a.m. For those that don't know, Bo and I bust our asses. Monday through Friday, even on the weekends, we, we enjoy what we do. Uh, we wish we could make probably you know fifty thousand more a year, but we enjoy every second of this. We have one day a year where we can be like children, like twenty-one year olds who have no real responsibilities. We will be at the coach house in Phoenix, nine a.m. watching games. That's right. So Fox Sports nine ten is the home of March Madness. You so yeah. well, there's no local programming. So for us. Woo! We don't have to work. <laughs> We're going to program beer into our mouths. That's right. And we can fully anticipate our brackets being busted by noon. By noon. And then that's when you just get a shot in a beer, and that's when you move on with your day. Because like, regardless, oh. brackets don't matter anymore, right? I it, The bracket is such... I think that's an age thing. It is. And also, I think it's an age thing because... As I every year, I care less and less. Yeah, I know. Like I follow college basketball. But it's gotten crazier. It is. It is we because we had a sixteen beat a one last year. Yeah, which is so bad. That's like the Cubs winning the World Series. Like that's you like- never want it to happen <laughs> because it that storyline that's been around for a hundred years is gone. That's like the Cardinals sticking and picking and taking Josh Allen. That's the sixteen seed. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. So we'll be doing that in about an hour and a half. So we wanted to get to you early and. Uh, yeah, so we got to get our ass on a bar stool in an oh hour and twenty eight minutes. I'm so excited! I'm I'm so excited. All I don't want because okay, full disclosure. Before we get into <laughs> football, there is a guy at my other job that um, it's a regular that I've been uh, serving for a long time. Okay, five or six years. He works for Warren Buffett Company. Huh. So for the last two years, have I told you this? No. For the last two years, he's had me fill out his bracket. He goes, "I'll split it with you," because this year it's a million dollars to pick the perfect Sweet Sixteen. Right. And it's only for Warren Buffett-owned companies. The last two years, I've got the first game wrong. Oh. Boom. Just call it a day. Call it a day. And with the Sweet 16, I think you can still come back from that because it's only, it's only Sweet 16. I didn't. I didn't. Mm. Full disclosure, I didn't. But if I do it this year, I'll just buy some some media conglomerate and then we'll just run our... Uh, <laughs> All right. We'll just... Just have every program be us on, on how much you would actually get after taxes splitting a million. You know, it's a first world problem that that I've. It's a million dollars a year for the rest of your life. Oh, it is. Yeah, okay. I thought it was just a. Cool I'd be mill. flush. All right, got it. I'd be flush, even split. All right. So there was a conversation. Every conversation up until this off season, talking about the Cardinals and their uh, their holes on the offense or defense was. Man, Patrick Peterson needs a corner alongside him. Anyways, let's talk about something else. Mm-hmm. It was just a foundation. It was the start of every conversation because it was Brandon Williams running back, running back in college. Mm-hmm. There was Justin Bethel, a um, you know a, a special teams player that they put in there. Bruce Arians pretty much said he was a waste of space. He's now on his uh, second team in as many years, I believe, since leaving the Cardinals. Oh, you know, it would be great if Patrick Peterson had somebody alongside him to play corner. Anyways, we got to move to the offensive line and wide receivers, blah, blah, blah. Now that Robert Alford has been there, they've supplanted them himself as a number two, we think, corner alongside Patrick Peterson. So that need is filled four years after it was vacated. Well, it's been a couple of years. You know, Antonio Cromartie is gone. Tremaine Williams, Tremont Williams played uh, pretty well. But there's been a glaring, there was a gaping hole on, uh, you know, the CB2 side of the defense. Now that that's been filled, 
the, the sentences are starting with, man, this receiving core is bad. Well, let's move to the offensive line and interior linemen, blah, 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 down the list. It's just it's just the foundation now for the holes that the Cardinals have on their team. And there's still been zero help this offseason. This is two seasons in a row. Three seasons in a row? Because Bruce Arians last season, they're like, no, we're good mm-hmm. with John Brown, Jerron Brown, J.J. Nelson, Larry Fitzgerald. Yeah, I mean, there was at one point going into training camp that Bruce Arians felt that they had 12 out of their 13 receivers in camp were wide receiver. Chad Williams. Or NFL starting caliber wide receivers. That included converted running back Andre Ellington at the right. time. Right, that's I right. Mean, it's. It, he was he was the king of hyperbole. I mean, he was. Bruce Arians was great. He was great for a soundbite. He was a good coach. There really hasn't been a better coach in Arizona at the for the NFL team. But he did he did blow smoke. Yeah. I mean, he he did at one point say Justin Bethel might be the best cornerback in the locker room when Patrick Peterson is there as well. Yeah. So it's yeah. Well, and, but, and, but yes, there, at, for the last couple years, it seems like. There's been a crutch in number 11, Larry Fitzgerald, that this team has been just putting all its weight on. Zero moves. I mean, the fact that, and and listen, we know the the caveat to this is John Smokey Brown had the sickle cell trade, so that kept him out uh, that year, that Bruce Arians last year. So, you know, you can't really fault anybody for that. But you could also sign receivers. These last two offseasons, last offseason and up to this point, they've signed Greg Little, Bryce Butler, cut them both before, before the season started, mm-hmm. and Kevin White. Those are the big gets right, right. that they've gotten. And That's they waste, it, Bo. They used a third-round pick on a kid that wasn't even invited to the NFL Combine, and he, he played at Grambling State and Chad Williams. Yeah. Chad Williams has been the player you would expect if when you take a reach like that. Yeah. And, um, you know, J.J. Nelson showed flashes out of UAB. Too bad he can't catch the ball. He couldn't catch. He was a speedster. He, he can't the, catch. No, he can't. We've seen him in person Myriad times. Yeah. The dude gets separation. He would be a Deshaun Jackson type if he could catch the ball. So good luck to the Oakland Raiders dealing with that. Yeah. Um, but it, to the Oakland Raiders' credit, J.J. Nelson is at least going to be third or fourth on the yeah. depth chart. I mean, they went out. They got Antonio Brown. They've got Terrell Williams. They've got Who's now a sneaky, sneaky a good decent signing. receiving core, if not a strong receiving core. As far as the Cardinals are concerned... They've it, regressed. It's, it's, it's it, which is crazy, it's right? Unbelievable. I mean, we had it out there. Larry Fitzgerald, when he came back, I think we were punch. I was punching some numbers between outside of guys named Larry and Christian, Christian Kirk. The other wide receivers were accountable for like forty six receptions, four hundred yards, and two touchdowns as receivers, not tight ends, not running backs. As far as other receivers, it was J.J. Nelson. It was Jalen Tolliver. It was just a, a misfit. Rod Sherfield. Yeah, Sherfield, Trent Sherfield. Yeah. It, there, there were just no names. Chad Williams was included in that. Their wide receiver core remains one of the worst in the league, despite having a rubber stamp Hall of Famer and a solid rookie wide receiver in Christian Kirk coming off uh, an injury. Just what, at this point, all the receivers are gone, except Michael Crabtree's still out there. I mean, that's like the biggest name I mean, of guys. Everybody else, yeah, they were cut for a reason. They weren't resigned for a reason. I know that number one receivers don't don't you know grow on trees. That's not the old adage. I get it. And listen, that this isn't to say that that Kime and, and Cliff Kingsbury didn't go after wide receivers and guys just wanted to go elsewhere. We get that part, but you have to build a climate around this team where it's like, hey, you could actually succeed here. Right. And I do believe, and I've said this and I'll continue to until I'm blue in the face, 
that this quarterback situation has deterred guys from coming here. And well, the I mean, smokescreen is great. I, I just think that the, the free agent crop was not good. But when it comes to when trades are as prevalent as they are now, mm-hmm. that excuse isn't as Who, who are potent. you going to go out and get? You can go out and get whoever you want if the price is right. I, I And this could be, I mean, just looking at a couple of these available wide receivers, I mean, who are you going to get? Are you going to get Cody Latimer? Are you going to get Jermaine Curse? Are you going to get Justin Hunter, Chris Hogan? Um, you mentioned Michael Crabtree, Des Bryant coming off an Achilles injury. Kelvin Benjamin, I believe, is still out there. Uh, Demarius Thomas, he tore his Achilles, right? You know, I, I love Demarius. You do love Demarius. Um, Mike Wallace, the ageless one. I mean, Any single one of the names you just mentioned would have 30% talent to this wide receiving class. I don't disagree with that. I think what... If you so look, that's the point. I but when build the foundation when up. you're sitting there at two one though, or the potential of trading out of the number one pick, there are other options. And but these guys don't have a job yet. But who you're saying Jermaine Curse wouldn't be a good number two to this team? I know that he's not. He, he's not what he was in Seattle with that ridiculous right. uh, catch in the Super Bowl and all that stuff. But I just these he would are, be. But these an are guys, upgrade. But if if he goes and he signs elsewhere. Say he even signs within the division. Say he goes back to Seattle. Yeah. Say he goes to not a, the oh, Rams. Yeah. Say he goes to the Niners. You're not gonna be like, ah, oh, damn. I I know that. Right. But, but you so, still need to bring somebody I in. I disagree. I disagree. I don't think they they brought in a very low risk, potentially low reward, could be high reward in Kevin White. You've got the draft, and you've got. I mean, Steve Kime has has made a lot of of his money. Picking up veterans around training camp and in the preseason. So you area. wouldn't say I, paying. I'm not, I I I do see a trend that continues. That's not a good trend mm-hmm. as far as just kind of turning a blind eye to a need. And it it's arguably I don't know is is the defensive line or the wide receiver core more important or what needs to be addressed more. We'll talk about that next. Locked on Cardinals. Welcome back, Locked on Cardinals. Alex Clancy, Bo Brock. So. You want to hear Bo say no before I get the sentence out? <laughs> or before I get the question out? You wouldn't give Demarius Thomas one year $5 million? No chance. One year, no. five mil. <laughs> Two and a half guaranteed. It's it's a drip in the bucket. Or no. what do you say? It's a drip a, in the drop, drizzle? Drop in the drop bucket. In the drizzle. <laughs> drop, in the, <laughs> drop in the bucket. Dude, one year, five mil. Two and a half guaranteed. He's going to barely play next year. Why? Because he tore his Achilles. He's over. What is he? He's right around 30. So what? He's 6'3", 240, dude. I know. You don't come back that quickly from that. Yeah, he'll be fine. Watch your boy Kobe. Was he right after he tore his Achilles? You, you bite your tongue with Kobe. <laughs> you did, You got to deal with John Wall making $40 million a year oh, sitting boy. on the bench. Also tore his Achilles. Yeah, what a huge tool bag he is. So, Bo asked a very poignant question. Defensive line, wide receiving core. And it's good that... There's only two horses in this race compared to the seven that there were when free agency started. Mm-hmm. I mean, they they filled some needs. Jordan Hicks, boom, linebacker. Terrell Suggs, boom, leader. Robert Alford, corner. We've They've done a very good job with the contracts that are pretty, pretty team-friendly compared to the money that's been blown by the Jets, etc. Right. And... They've this, done an okay job. They've they've done a B B minus job, they which is what guys. you want. They brought in guys, right? This is this is an up. Well, but this is an upgrade <laughs> think, from yeah, last year for I sure. I think that there's some depth guys as far as impact. 
maybe I mean it, it's be, it's tough for me to say that anybody really outside of Jordan Hicks is really going to make an impact as far as could you say they're free rolling in the draft now because of what they've because of the moves they've made. Yeah, the it does set them up in a position because you they've alleviated stress some 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 needs. Maybe I mean maybe that's the strategy, right? It's like our biggest need is defensive line and wide receiver. We're going to absolutely address that in the draft. If you knew that, how would you feel about it? I would hope that they would trade down to two for Quentin Williams if that's who they want. I mean, what is this draft? What what is the the position that is the deepest in this draft? Linebackers, defensive defensive line. Okay. Interior guys. Okay. They could absolutely get a guy at 2 1 if yeah. they wanted to. Well, and Dexter, I still can't believe that Dexter Lawrence is dropping as much as he is, the defensive tackle from Clemson. Yeah. I mean, that's a dude that's middle, second round, anyways. I mean, if you want to move down and you're going to move down to 17 or whatever it is, he'll be there if you, if you don't want to grab Quentin Williams. I mean, if we get into the conversation about the team trading out of number one, and we did that yesterday right? or uh, no, two no, days no, ago. But like, just a real quick glaze over that mm-hmm. if they trade down and say they they remain in the top 10 you can not only with that top 10 pick select a guy for the defensive line at the interior spot that's going to be an impact make, right. maker and also potentially get a guy in Nikhil Harry late first round early second round and there you go I mean it's it's a big swing but I think if you were to ask any Cardinals fan I think that they would absolutely well, take that. well yeah especially if you're because the onus isn't on you for the for the wide receivers to succeed if they're after the tenth pick. If you take a wide receiver in the top ten, then it's like, ooh, that was a bust if it didn't work. If you so say like, I don't know, Jair Alexander, Jair Alexander last year went or say Minka Fitzpatrick, mm-hmm. perfect example. He went thirteen to Miami last year, something like that in that area. And if he doesn't succeed. They don't look at that as a bust because it wasn't top five, top seven. Corey Davis looks like a bust right now because he went five overall. John Ross looks like a bust. Well, he is a bust right now because they're even trying to move him with Cincinnati because he went high in the draft. If you take a guy later, the onus is completely off you. So that's just a little wrinkle in it. So, yeah, say you draft Nikhil Harry at 2-1 or if you move back in the draft, you trade down whatever and get, get a middle first round. There's a lot less pressure for that player to succeed, which makes you want to take a risk more as a GM because your job isn't dependent upon it. Right? I mean, and that's fair to say, isn't mm-hmm. it? Because I, it, it's obvious the Cardinals will definitely not take a wide receiver in the top 10. It's just not going to happen. I agree. So luckily luckily for that, we agree. When it comes to Quinn and Williams, this is where it gets, it gets sticky, Bo. I mean, because to answer your original question, defensive line or wide receiver, both. Right. There's not one correct answer. I mean and, and also there's you can there is Ziggy Ansa out there. There's still Indominus Sue out yeah. there. So these are all pending things that could change our answer. And obviously the hugest monkey wrench of the whole thing is if they draft Kyler Murray number one. Yeah. Because everything changes then. It does. Because then you have to draft wide receiver two one. Yeah. You, you have to. You see a lot of really good players that could fill some massive holes on your roster that are going elsewhere. And in one case, goes to a division rival. If Baker Mayfield did not do what he did last year, would we be having this conversation? No, no. Baker Mayfield changed the narrative. Oh, and uh, remember, I they mean, didn't it, win eight games last year. So Baker Mayfield yeah, won them had, seven more. Yeah, Hugh Jackson as his coach. That's a big handicap. I, I mean, I, I get it. I mean, they went, what, they went 7-8-1? Yeah. And they, they could have won 11 games last year. I mean, they Zane Gonzalez. I think they went 5-3 and three post Hugh Jackson. Zane Gonzalez made a 56 or 57 yarder for Tampa Bay 
for them to lose one game. Um, their one, kicker, right? no, Zane Gonzalez was the kicker for Tampa Bay. Oh, Chandler Catanzaro? Maybe it was Chandler Catanzaro. Yeah. He Zane made Gonzalez, a 56-yarder yeah. in overtime for them to lose that game. Their kicker, oh, Zane Gonzalez was their kicker to start the season. He, they lost the game against the Saints. For week Zane one Gonzalez. because he missed a bunch of kicks. So they he missed five. That game with extra points yeah. too? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that is, they could have won, and it wouldn't have all been Baker because Tyrod Taylor was a starter last year. But I, I agree that it goes hand in hand, and the fact that they both played in the damn Oklahoma offense makes it seem like that it can translate. Now, on the other side, we'll wrap it up here before Bo and I go get drunk. The one day we're allowed to do it a year. We can't even do it Sundays because we go cover the Cardinals, which, listen, it's we're happy about it. But we do get to act like college kids in about an hour, which I'm excited about. We'll wrap up here, Locked On Cardinals. Welcome back. Last segment before the March Madness begins. Who's the first game again? Oh, uh, Louisville and Minnesota. The absolute troll job the by Bettino the NCAA. Bowl? Yeah, yeah, the Patino Bowl. I wonder what time Rick, uh, Rick has to watch it from Greece. That's a good question. He's gonna and be is he going to be the next like restaurant. UCLA head coach or something? No. I don't he's going to come back in a year and be a head coach. He's not going to sniff a college job. No way. Oh, man. You want to bet pink slips? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I wanted to watch Fast and the Furious. So we've we've gone all over the place today, but it's all of these things are important. And this is the last podcast of the week, so we kind of want to just do a little hodgepodge to kind of give our thoughts on many different topics. Defensive line, wide receiver, That is a, it, it's a 50-50 split, man. Because you can make cases for both sides. You can make negative cases for both sides. Man, you know, defensive lineman, Robert Kambiche didn't really work out. Boom. Even though he was at the end of the first round, Quinton Williams seems to be a surefire choice. Mm-hmm. But then, do you want to stack up with a versatile hand-in-the-dirt or stand-up edge rusher in Nick Bosa, who is, because of recency bias or lack of recency bias, we haven't seen him play in a while, it kind of muddies the waters for if he should be the number one overall pick. I mean, if you're just looking at free agency ads, I mean, Quinnen Williams makes the most sense. But then again, you you really, I mean, but you don't want to take him, stick and pick and go number one overall because then you gift wrap Nick Bosa to the San Francisco 49ers. I I don't know. I just I think that you're you're missing out. You need to trade and again, you need right? to trade down if you're not drafting right. Nick Bosa or absolutely. Kyler Murray. If if you can get Quinn and Williams, I I absolutely think that Quinn and Williams is the impact player that would help this team. I mean, if you look at what they did in free agency, pre free agency, they had Brooks Reed. He's a guy that can rush the passer. He can also stand up, but he can play on that defensive line in the three four. You got Terrell Suggs, a guy who had seven sacks. Sure, those are the guys on the wrong side of thirty, mm-hmm. but they're impact. Play- they're guys that can help you out along with Chandler Jones. You are severely lacking a guy in the middle of that defensive line that could help you out a lot, especially when you look at where they were against the run last year. You really need somebody in the middle. Yeah, I mean, and again, it. The biggest caveat to all of this is what if they draft Kyler Murray? Because everything we've talked about yeah, goes it, out the window. It really, I mean, you're really putting all your I'm cards. scared now. It, you know, it, is, it, it, it should it's, be. It, like, listen, it, it's a win-win for us, for us as media people, because we get to go watch Kyler Murray and talk about Kyler Murray. I mean, that is, that is so much fun for a city that needs some sort of spark. But sparks are usually like... An 8-0 run when you're down 12 in basketball. You're still losing, and they but it gets you closer. And it, fill, yeah. and it fizzles out like slow and steady wins. And Josh Rosen is slow and steady. He's boring. He's, you know, he, whatever. 
but, but that mean, is the whole. Wouldn't I, the same have been said for Jared Goff? I mean, when we're sitting maybe, here, he but goes he's in LA, six, so it's different. He goes zero and seven in his first year, but once they start just winning, boring's okay. Yeah, no, it's true. I mean, his numbers were gaudy. His yeah. numbers were gaudy. But remember, Nick Bosa is—he's been the surefire number one this whole time. And edge rushers are the new lockdown corners, where it's the sexy position on defense. Makes everything a lot easier for the defense when you something you just you don't have to worry about for that quarter that yeah. opposing quarterback. Look at what Von Miller did. I mean, that defense, the, they the Denver Broncos had no business winning that Super Bowl. They had no business. Peyton Manning was he may as well have been punting to wide receivers. I mean, the dude just couldn't. But with Von Miller there. And the defense, even with uh, T.J. Ward, and they had they had the safeties they had to keep to leave. The edge rusher makes it all work. So Bo and I are going to go get drunk. We'll talk to you guys on Monday.